Uh, morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories chat podcast. Um, we haven't been around for a while, mostly because uh, Rob's on holiday and it's kind of just gone away. It's just stopped for a bit. So um, we're very fortunate, though. Uh, Alicia Povey has joined me today. Um, she was the only person so far that's put their hand up in the group. Um, hi, Alish. That makes me sound like I'm a last resort, which I, I guess I am. But well, you know, you you said yes, so it made sense to, to actually go ahead and do it. I was I was looking for someone to put their hand up. You put your hand up, and that meant we were doing it regardless of whatever else happened. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here anyway. Wonderful. Well, it, it's been. Um, uh, it'll be. I, I've thrown uh, the link out to to this. Uh, we, we do this in a thing called Streamyard. It's a bit like Zoom, but it lets you record and and broadcast. We aren't broadcasting it right now, so don't worry about that. Um, but I put this in uh, in our little Facebook group. Sorry, WhatsApp group. See if anybody else wants to come along. So it's kind of going to be a bit of an odd one today. We'll probably jump back and forward with with Lish a bit. If someone else joins, we'll ask them about their club a bit, see what's going on, and we'll just have a bit of an end of end of year feel to it. But um, Lish, I, I we we last saw you in the summer. You picked up the the uh, Football in Berkshire Award for the best female player. Um, I don't think we ever actually asked you about it. What what was that? <laughs> What was that like? Did, did you, I know? I know you said at the time you weren't expecting to win. No, no, a hundred percent. Like, um, I can't remember. I, I remember a few of the the nominees. Obviously, like uh, Nicole Barrett from Maidenhead, who mm. I played with a bit that season, and um, is it Lisa from Ascot, the keeper? Um, so some really good players, and obviously, I was. I, I feel like I I'm like under the radar, although I do spend a lot of time on Twitter, so maybe that's uh, maybe that's changed. But um, and I just come back from injury, so for me that was a big shock, I think. But um, I don't know. I was like really proud. I think personally, I'd had quite a tough few years um, for football and futsal. So yeah, to get it was um, yeah a big shock. So and then I had like, obviously Abby was there as my. Um, my personal hype woman, so that was yes, <laughs> that was nice. And it, if I remember rightly, I mean, don't don't get me wrong, it wasn't it wasn't just you. I was in the same boat, but just you could see through the night as well. Everybody was just getting slightly slightly drunker as it went <laughs> on as well, and, and perhaps having having your personal hype woman right at the end there, um, hyping you up as you as you lifted that that award. That was um, that was quite that was you know Ab- Abby's Abby fantastic at, at, at promoting everything to do with to do with the women's game, and and obviously in her new role. Ascot uh, as well but yeah it was it was it was quite a fun night if I from yeah I mean I was suffering the next day um but <laughs> yeah definitely I think like uh, you guys and Abby especially like we me and Abby kind of met on on like Twitter and it was through that kind of shared interest in women's football and 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 women's football in in Berkshire and and I'm not gonna say mm. it, but Buckinghamshire at the time um <laughs> and like I think yeah, our, our friendship kind of has grown since then, just through that, and and we've both been very supportive of each other. I think through some kind of personal struggles in terms of like injuries, and and I had a bit of a struggle with it, a club I was at. So yeah, I think it was it was quite special for her to to be there because we don't really like see each other at all. I think that yeah. was only the sort of second or third time we'd actually spent time together in in person and it was very dangerous because we did <clears throat> end up having gin shots I think at the end of the night which um, <laughs> I think I'd never had a gin shot before but wow yeah it was a it was a special night and I think it that the amount of people there and the kind of buzz just shows what 
Footwind Berkshire is all about, and I was yeah, just really happy to be a part of it. Obviously, sadly, I've, I've not I'm not in Berkshire anymore, but um, I still still holds a special special part of my heart. <laughs> Uh, it was it was it was great to see you and it was uh, it was it was a really good we've got um we've got some joiners um which is nice we've got we've got dan walkley here um who i'm just going to add in um dan hello ben, how are you doing very well you okay very well thank you apologies about uh no camera that's all that's all right <laughs> i presume it's because you haven't quaffered your your hair this morning or something yeah uh i was uh, i missed my alarm this morning so i've had to work from home and yeah is one of them roll out of bed yeah no fair enough well we, we won't keep you too long dan because i know we, we've got um we hopefully we'll have a couple of people to get through but just wanted to um see how things at, at tadley were going and and what the hope over the over christmas is going to be yeah it's brilliant obviously we've not had uh, a game for a couple of weeks um we we're meant to have nap hill and bad shot lee two of the leaders in in the league um but unfortunately they were called off due to the weather um we've got Camberley is our first game back in the new year. Uh, just well, it's the second. Um, who, who actually got a good result yeah, last night against Reading City, Reading City, which I didn't really see coming, to be honest. Um, so they look like they had a few new players, so it'll be a tough game coming back. Um, but obviously, everyone's looking forward to the tenth when we host yeah. Bournemouth. So. <laughs> um, I was gonna, I was gonna kind of bring bring Lish on in this, in in on this because so so Lish, your your new role is with Southampton Women. Have I got the right club? FC women. Thank you, right? right. I knew I was going to yeah. do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get that wrong. But but obviously, you know, you, so you're sort of now involved with a big club, and Dan Dan of, uh, and Tadley Cleaver have got AFC Bournemouth coming up in the Hampshire Senior Cup. What what sort of? And you know, I appreciate Southampton are not Bournemouth, but what what kind of can 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 uh, can Tadley expect and what can Dan expect on that day? Do you think just just from and I know you're involved in the women's club rather than the men's club, but but what does that do? You, do you have any insight in what happens at a, a a big club like that that when they go to something like that? Um, I think probably as Saints go and and obviously I've seen it with with Wickham to some extent when you're playing different like different teams that you might not meet in the league. I think it's a really good opportunity for them to kind of to maybe change it up. Um, and try some of their new, maybe younger players or players that haven't got the minutes. And I think that's always, I think some people don't potentially like that, but I think that's always something I find quite exciting because there's players that you won't have seen playing sort of week in, week out in the Premier League or who've been like on the fringe of a squad. Um, And they always have something to prove because they're always going to be looking to get that next step up or to just to prove that they they belong in the, the first team squad. So yeah, I think some people are a bit like, oh, they're not going to play their, their, their sort of first 11. But at the same time, all of those players have something to prove. They're not sitting in a kind of position where they're making that starting 11 week in, week out. So I like it. I think it'll be exciting. I think there'll be players that you might not have seen before, um, might not have heard of. But I think I, I love those games when both teams mm. have a kind of a point to prove or it's just a big occasion. Um, Dan, how many how many tickets have you sold so far? Uh, but we have sold as of now three hundred and twenty five, which is good, which beats our um, record attendance, which is great, uh, which is what we wanted. Um, but as Alicia said, it, it's good to see. It'll be great to see some new players, maybe up and coming players that are coming through at Bournemouth. Um, I know there's a red nap in there somewhere. <laughs> so 
obviously the, the name hopefully will pull pull some people in. But um, they they won the competition last year. Obviously, it'd be there on the twenty mix there on the twenty threes and some fringe first team players. So, I mean, you you have to expect a tough game, but anything can happen on a cup night. And at, at Hadley, so you know, Just, things crossed. Things crossed. Just before we let you go, Dan, because um, Rob is also here now. Hey, Rob. Hello. How are you all doing? Very, very well. I just, um, just uh, we'll, we'll come to you in just a sec, Rob. I just wanted to say that you were here to everybody. Um, obviously, Lish, were you involved in those games like for Wickham at Long Crendon last year? Yeah, when... I was there on that cold night. And I kind of, <laughs> I, I normally obviously was doing, I do like social updates. Um, but that night we did, I did all the like videography, which was actually really fun. Um, and yeah, that was, um, I was going to mention that. I, that was just a really fun night. Obviously, it was completely packed. Like I've, I've, I don't think like I've ever been to a kind of that kind of ground when it's been that busy. Um, and yeah, um, the Long Crendon boys were incredibly up for it, obviously for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> and like quite an interesting, it's just an interesting matchup. You've got players from Wickham who've kind of who've been like in with a shout of getting in their national teams or like have dropped out of Premier League clubs, and then you've got the Long Crendon boys who. Um, I have a different pedigree, but um, yeah, it was a great night. So I'd, I'd definitely, um, yeah, say go along to any any game like that. And to get an attendance, like you said, Dan, like a, a record attendance is incredible. So yeah, could just keep pushing it and hopefully get more people down. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Dan, uh, thanks very much. We'll let you get back to your day job. Yeah, no problem. Cheers, appreciate mate. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. Rob is here. Hello, Hello. Rob. Are you still you in New doing? Zealand? No, I'm no, in Australia. 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 Yeah, I get this wrong every time. Every time. It's, yes. How How is Brisbane? Yeah, very good. Thank you. I have been in both, so I will let you off on this time. Fine. Uh, because okay. I've, uh, we flew into Brisbane and have spent 10 days in New Zealand and now back in Brisbane again. So, yes. Um, it's thank, hot, thanks. man. <laughs> you look sweat. You look sweat. We are freezing. All right. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's just calm down now because uh, it's it's in the evening it's uh, 9 30 at night and so i think we're only at 24 degrees now so uh, yeah. <laughs> only 24 yeah exactly I, I, yeah I, I say it's freezing but but Lish, i suppose i i don't i suppose you it, it's just it's as it's kind of feels like almost warm today over the compared to the our listeners will be really interested in I'm sure but um anyway let's uh let's Rob I know I know um we were just talk kind of talking about the county cup I wanted to to just kind of um push on from there because you you went to the Bracknell FA Cup game this season and that was obviously obviously very hectic so a bit of experience and what uh, to and and I I suppose the, the the to me the county cups have become really important now hmm. with with the clubs and, and obviously you've been in, you've been involved in a couple unless you've been involved in a couple of these big games and and so i suppose just from a from a non-league point of view rob what what is it do you th- how important is the cup and and i and lish will come to you just after that if that's all right and just kind of how do, i want to know kind of how the how the sort of the pro clubs feel about it if uh, if you've got some insight on that so rob i'll just come to you first well in terms of the pro clubs i mean we know they they put out sort of under twenty three sides and uh, maybe players who are on the sort of cusp of the first team, um, but from the the likes of the, the non league sides, it's it's massive now because uh, especially in the way the Barks and Bucks Cup has been uh, realigned over the last few seasons with the, the 
the way that uh, sort of clubs slightly further down the pyramid are involved in the senior cup. I mean, we saw last um, last year with Ascot getting the um, semi final against Wickham and having such a fantastic attendance there um, before getting through to the final against Reading and um, having another massive day out. I mean, these are big games for these clubs. Um, And, you know, it gives them the opportunity to play in front of big crowds uh, because the travelling support for the uh, uh, professional clubs is is still there, even though, you know, we know it's not going to be... the first team um, that people play in front of big crowds and it, it's a big occasion. So you get drawn against a Wickham or a Reading or a, even a Maidenhead and um, MK Dons are in the box and Bucks Cup as well. Um, get drawn against one of them and you can look forward to a big game and uh, a, a real spotlight on your club. Thanks. Rob. So Lish, what, how does it work kind of from a, what, what, do would would sort of a Wickham or an MK? Do you think they'd be preferred to be more matches, or, or are they are they quite happy with what they've got? Do you think? I, I honestly don't know. I think I think when you've got so obviously Wickham have their um, like B team, um, yeah. who they don't play in a competitive league. They they all train with the first team, and and that's kind of how they're getting. That's what their kind of career is at the current time. But they're always pushing to get like like you said Rob those first team minutes and I think mm. that kind of competition like the county cup offers that opportunity um I'm not sure how it works at MK in terms of what their kind of development setup looks like but I think those these kind of competitions are the perfect opportunity to to kind of put them in the limelight and and see what they can do um and I think like realistically a lot of I mean I don't I don't want to sound negative but Teams like Wickham and MK end up getting knocked out of the FA Cup quite early. So I think that's like a little bit of a different kind of a different challenge. And and I think it's always good to be playing different teams because I don't know, it, it gets a bit samey. I don't know. I, I this is as a player, what I found with the with the kind of with the league and then it ended up being like the County Cup and, and the the FA Cup is you always end up playing the same leagues. It was like it was fixed. In terms of, like, we'd always get Wickham women. This is we'd always get Chesham or Maidenhead, and always get beaten because they're in the in the league above. And then at Maidenhead, I'd always end up getting Chesham or, or Reading. So you are kind of ending up playing the same teams, but it's always a different challenge and and different players. I think, I think it was last season when um, I was with Maidenhead and we got Reading. Um, away when they did it behind closed doors yeah as a player I think I was injured at the time not always injured but um I was quite disappointed that they didn't make more of a big thing of it because obviously that's their young kind of their younger players yeah. but some kind of they've, they've got like players in the like England under 23s under 19s and you kind of want to see them showcased I think in yeah. my opinion but yeah, I don't know. That's just my personal view on it. Uh, I, I think it's. I think it's certainly something that that a few of us felt last season when that game happened because it it was a semi final and it, it seemed a bit weird that it was it was behind closed doors. I know Neil Maskell went, but that's because he's part of part of Maidenhead United. But but still, it that that didn't seem. And and I, I mean, I haven't spoken to the county FA, but I'm, I would hope that that wouldn't be allowed to happen again because that, that that did. I know it was played at the Reading training ground, and that's maybe why they did that but it still seems a bit yeah I, I feel like they could have 
they could have found a neutral venue that would yeah. have hosted. I think I think their their women's first team were playing at the Majeski that day, which is why it wasn't played there. Yeah. But at the same time, like there's plenty of good grounds around. <laughs> to, like mm-hmm. get one of those. Just just one or two. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, Rob, we, we won't keep you won't keep you too long. But how have you obviously have you seen any football? There is no football. I remember I've asked you this already on a WhatsApp. There's no football. It's um, yeah, slightly disappointing. I've timed my trip quite poorly in terms of the uh, uh, football viewing opportunities. Um, there are a few A League games on, uh, both on the men's and the women's side. Um, but the ground, the A League ground. I'm in Brisbane, as I mentioned. The ground is a, a sort of 45-minute drive away from the centre, so it's a little bit far away. And uh, I haven't really had the opportunity to go and see a game yet. There's a slight possibility I might go on Friday. But like I say, it's a little, little bit of a trip. But for some reason, um, the A-League is on at the moment, but all the other sort of domestic leagues, um, this is their close season. Well, the, the reason is it's the middle of summer and it's it's getting really hot and football is generally a winter game even over here. So, um, yeah, all the lower leagues and uh, the, the sort of smaller domestic leagues, uh, they're not happening at the moment. So it's just the A-League. And so I have to time my, um, time my game watching uh, quite <laughs> finitely, I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's not really worked so far. Ah, well, Rob, we'll um, we'll let you we'll let you go. Um, thanks for thanks for dropping in. Um, much no appreciated. And now me and Lish are going to talk about futsal. Oh, I might actually stick you, on for you that. Can, if you don't you can stay around if you like. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, don't, you don't have I'd to quite go. Like to hear about it. I only uh, I only I only dashed Dan off because he was working, so uh, I didn't want him to get. Oh yeah, trouble. don't worry. I've got I've got nothing on. Uh, I'm on. Has has cat passed out downstairs on a? No, no, she's uh, she's still working. Uh, you oh, know, right. These are working holidays for us. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I get to work uh, nine to five Brisbane time, and unfortunately, <laughs> she's slightly more aligned with UK hours. So wow, okay. Well, Liz, let's talk about futsal because there's been. Am I sorry? First of all, am I pronouncing this right? I've long wondered this. Is it futsal or futsal? It's either. So oh, okay, good. futsal comes from like football sala, the right. like Spanish. So I say futsal because yep. sala, but um. Yep. Yeah, people say futsal. Okay, I'm not. I'm not tied to either one, so you can do Fine. what you want. It's it's not like if you say football and soccer, and yeah. uh, and Neil Maskell again getting his second mention on the podcast gets all <laughs> gets all animated about the fact that it's actually soccer and not football, and, and then there's half hour of your life gone. Um, so <laughs> tell, tell us tell us what's going on in the world of futsal. Um, so some exciting stuff coming up. Um, so obviously, I think last time we spoke was when I wasn't in a very happy place with futsal mm. in terms of the FA had just cut all of the funding um, yeah. to the national teams. They got rid of the national teams, um, which was a, a massive shame. Obviously, the the men's team at that point were just preparing for the Euros and um, were told that they wouldn't be able to compete. So to go from that to now, they've just re-announced that there's going to be an, a men's under-19s, women's under-19s England team um, and there's a new kind of um, kind of operating uh, like overheads called England Futsal, which is a kind of like committee which is working with the FA. So the FA have kind of said that they're going to, there's like a five-year plan basically with um, England Futsal is what it's called. And yeah, I think that it's, it's exciting that that's happening. Um, 
the men's under 19s have quite a tight turnaround um <laughs> they've got qualifying in like the next three months and there's no team announced yet but um I don't know. I've got faith that there's so much young talent in the in the NFS and the National Futsal League. Um, so it's really exciting. I'm interested to see on the women's side because there's less young players. So I'm slightly concerned where they're going to appear from. But um, all in all, exciting. It's great that the FA have kind of, I don't say realised their mistake, but realised their mistake and, um, <laughs> and kind of got back involved with it. I think it's been growing massively in the last few years. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, as you mentioned, Lish, uh, last time you spoke to us, it was going one way and uh, you were a bit down in the dumps with it. And now it's, you know, quite an exciting time by the sounds of it. What has been the sort of catalyst for that change? Is there been anything in particular that sort of triggered us like going back in the right direction? It um, I think there's a few things. I think, the futsal community didn't really sit down and, and take that as a as a decision at the time. Um, there was a lot. There was the Save Futsal campaign, which got a lot of traction. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we as a community aren't just going to sit there and and be like, oh, okay, yeah, we won't have a national team then. When there's so much talent, and if you look at countries that do have a national team, we could be competing and, and beating those countries. So, I think for us as a community it was never going to be, we were never going to sit down and take it. And then I think more recently, obviously the national futsal series, getting that BT deal um, and, and kind of that kind of putting it on a bit of a, like as a showcase, I think that's kind of made them realize, okay, it's, it's potentially commercially viable for, as a sport. Um, people want to watch it and it's exciting and, and it's something different to football. And I think that's a big thing. Um and then I think finally, I don't know if this was like, maybe, I don't think, I think it's hard to know when they kind of changed their mind. Um, but there was that recent um, kind of the video that went viral from the um, Association of Women's Players about the Women's World Cup. Um, and FIFA have just announced the Women's World Cup. So I'm not saying that there's <laughs> been like a catalyst, but I think like the football community have been fighting for it for quite a long time, whether that's behind the scenes or or on social media. So I think there's kind of been a realisation that it is, it's worth it. And it's, it's probably, you don't, you're going to get left in the dirt if you don't do anything now. Like as a country, we've got the infrastructure to do it. So I don't see why, why not do it, which they have seen, I hope. Um, I know you mentioned um, in terms of women's players, where they're going to get them from. Does this mean we might see you with an England cap? I'm under 19, so... Oh, no, that's true, yes. Um, ah, that was I don't, I'm not sure when... I hope that part of this plan is to see senior teams um, back up and running. Um, there's a lot of talent in the NFS, and I spend most of my game on the floor, so I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if I get the call up. Um, but I don't know, yeah, I think... When the when the under nineteens men's previously existed, they did struggle to find players, pure futsal players. So they did take academy players from football clubs, which I hope they don't do because the kind of game understanding is completely different. And obviously those players are technical players, but they're not futsal players. Mm. So that's one thing I hope they don't do. So if they're watching, don't do that, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm always. I'm always working and hoping to 
to kind of get in the mix. But yeah. um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> and you've you've obviously you've done you've done a bit of TV recently, haven't you? With, with that with that on on BT Sports, how's that been? What's that like? Um, yeah, that was really cool. Um, so that was when I was with Reading, obviously, and I'd kind of just come back from injury, and I was working. So a lot of the time, I'd have to kind of drop out of games, which was a shame. Um, and then, yeah, just someone mentioned to the NFS that. I obviously the work I was doing for Wickham and didn't mm. it make sense to have someone who actually had presenting <laughs> experience to, to yeah. be doing um, something with BT. So yeah, I did a few of the the women's days, I think three or four um, live on BT, which was, yeah, pretty incredible. Like, um, so I did it with Pippa Monique, who's does a lot for Arsenal TV and um, Steve Sidwell, um, both really nice people and like really enjoyable experience. And yeah, like I thought, I thought it was all right. So that's good. Um, <laughs> I think you don't really think about the people like who are watching behind the camera. So yeah, I just tried not to say anything silly, and uh, I think I did okay. <laughs> it was good. And um, what about? Uh, so you, I know you mentioned. So you've you've moved clubs. You're playing for Reading Royals, and you moved down to Southampton for your for your new job. I think that's correct. That is correct. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm start, I've started playing for Southampton Aztecs, who are in the league above Reading. Um, so they're in the t- in tier one of of women's futsal. Um, not doing very well. <laughs> um, th- there's a bit of kind of not controversy with the women's league this season, but um, the travel has increased dramatically. Um, so last season it was played at a central venue in in Birmingham. This season so far, I've been to Chester, I've been to Preston, um, Taunton, Gloucester. Um, so it's a pretty incredible amount of travel. I think we did wow. 934 miles in a month, um, which is not paid for. So that comes no. out of your own, own pocket. Um, so unfortunately, we started as an eight-team league. Two teams have already dropped out because they just can't get the players mm. to travel. I think the problem is because obviously a lot of women will play football as well. If you're playing football at a good level, you're also traveling a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, even with work, like I came back from Preston and the next day I think I had like Bristol away. So it's, um, yeah, it's a lot of travel. I did St. George's Park and then drove to Blackburn and then ran <laughs> back. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. So we won't get relegated, but at the same time, yeah, it's not, it's not great, I think, for the women's game. But that, I think... That- they're changing it next season, so we'll see how that looks. That just doesn't that doesn't bode well for for the future. If you're if you're having to, you know, we we uh, Rob and I just in terms of like national FA competitions, the amount of moaning that you hear about um, sort of people having to go from from the west to the east of England like once or twice a season is is quite quite something. So the fact that you're having to do that, and obviously with with your work as well, that 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 changes. Um, go on, Rob. I was hoping you How are they changing it next up. season? Yeah. How are they changing it next season? Is there going back to a central I uh... think there's consultation underway. I'm not sure what okay. the what the the vibe will be. I think what I'd quite like to see is more of a like home and away. Um potentially like look at where teams are geographically because there are teams in the south that, that I think this the most ridiculous thing I saw last season was Bloomsbury Futsal and Helvetia Futsal, who were both London-based teams, had to go and play each other in Blackburn. 
So like that makes no sense. So in my opinion, I think like North and South, so North North teams maybe play home and away. South teams play home and away against each other. And then there's a central venue for the North and when North and South meet each other. I think that would make the most sense. But um, I don't know. It depends who, I guess, who comes up from the North and South leagues and, and what the league want to do and what the BT kind of connotations are. Because obviously they have a say in the venue um, for like how it's televised. So I don't know. I'm just a little player. I'm not involved in an Islam. <laughs> Um, and if we can, so so you're not you're not playing um, you're not playing eleven aside at all this season. No, no, because of work, I work Sundays, um, and I did. I had kind of fallen out of love with it a bit yeah. when I left Maidenhead. Um, not because of Maidenhead. I think it was just I moved clubs, thinking that it might be better, and then it and then I just maybe I just didn't like football anymore. Um, playing it at least, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I kind of miss it. So I, I might look for kind of Hampshire-based teams to train with. But at the yeah. same time, I'm also training like four times a week already. So yeah, it's, no, it's not going to help the injuries. No, although grass is much softer than um, yeah. than football. <laughs> so, yeah, it might be. It might be. It might be good. Um, I I I, I was just trying. I had. A, I did have. Some, I wanted to ask you a bit about. Um, because uh, you saw you had you would have had Reading women down at Southampton over the last in the last couple of weeks and and um, obviously Ab- Abby's not here to, and, and I appreciate you don't know the ins and outs of, of Reading FC women but I wanted to to get your sort of take on um because th- th- there's been a lot of talk uh, there was a telegraph basically well, sorry what I'm taking a long time to say is uh, a couple of weeks ago there was a telegraph article a daily telegraph article talking about um how uh reading playing at the Medeski suggested that uh that wasn't that there wasn't a one size fits all not all women's teams should be playing at their their club um and it was behind a paywall so I can't say I read the entire article and it may uh, or did I I can't remember I think actually no, I think I did read the entire article, but it it, it basically suggested that um, Reading shouldn't be playing there, and um, I think from from when Rob and I have interviewed people on on this podcast before, we we got the feeling that actually the players really like playing there, and I, you know it's a nice ground and people in and they and that's fine. Um, I suppose I wanted, I wanted to understand kind of your take on it, but also you know. Where because because I I, I guess I, I don't know I, I, would you say Southampton as a football team are more a, a, a sort of fan base wise do they sound that feels like a, they, they feel like they're a bigger club than than Reading Yeah I think I think you're always going to maybe have that like in terms of <laughs> obviously Reading the league below um, mm. and even like Championship when Wickham in the Championship struggled for attendances so mm. yeah I think <clears throat> Saints as a club are quite also sort of family orientated mm. they're a very friendly club which i i don't i know abby would probably shout at me for saying this <laughs> women's football currently is quite a sort of family yes um, orientated kind of follow like following partly because of the pricing obviously premier league prices prices people out especially families so i think maybe we as saints do better because we've got that we've already got kind of a family orientated club so I think there's that and yes Southampton fans are they will turn up to every game like the women's (laughs) team the the fans are just incredible um 
they liked like Blackburn away it was tipping down with rain it was awful and I think it sounded like we had more fans there than than Blackburn um and that was at their main that was yeah. at Ewood Road so yeah I think Saints probably are in a in a good place in terms of having all that existing fan base and I think like that's I think St Mary's makes sense as well for for us um kind of growing as a club mm. um but I think yeah I think like you've got to take into into account what players want like I can't see why would you want to be at a WSL club playing at I'm not gonna say a rubbish ground but like a small ground yeah. that doesn't feel like there's the occasion and I think I think it helps play like if you're playing for example playing at St Mary's you've got teams that are turning up from much smaller grounds aren't used to kind of the occasion like you turn up and in the in the kind of corridor with the changing rooms they they like rebrand it every match day for the men's and women so it's got all of the women's players on the walls in in sort of vinyl graphics and I think I think it was actually Reading I was in the tunnel and I heard one of the players one of the Reading players say oh that's really nice that they do that so it kind of I don't know. It's a, it's a maybe a bit of mind games as well, um, which helps. But I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one because you don't want a big stadium like the Majeski looking empty. Um, but at the same time, like we kind of fill one side of St Mary's so that everyone's kind of packed in and yeah, and it, it creates that atmosphere in one place. Because if you use the whole stadium, then yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> silly. Um, but you need space to grow, so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's one right answer to it. No, and 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 I think the the main. Sorry, Rob. I know you were gonna. You wanted to ask something. I know. I think. I think my my main overriding feeling was that if there genuinely was another ground suitable within the Reading area, then they should go and they should play there. But there just there simply isn't. Not there's mm -hmm. not a ground that could easily accommodate a um, thousand fifteen hundred people every every week and and i know some people say well can't they couldn't they go and play at reading city but i i don't think the infrastructure and i you know i apologize to to anybody from reading city listening if, if they disagree with me and do feel free to to come on and tell me but um i don't think they that that could necessarily cope with the with that week in week out they'd have to build something specific to to do so uh, yeah. and, and certainly the tv coverage as well would be would be an issue that's not an easy thing to fix no um, i think we um so we as a as a club played at AFC Totten last mm. um last season, which is a really nice ground. Um, and we've played one game there this season just because of a clash. Um and like yeah, the, the Wi-Fi is potentially not as, as strong as St. Mary's and, and like we went to another ground this season away, which doesn't hasn't doesn't have an ISDN mm. line, so we couldn't do live commentary, which we try and do for every match. <laughs> yeah. So it's things like that, like you want the women's game to grow you want people to be able to access live commentary to have the best possible like gantry facilities so people can to, can give it that coverage so you want good grounds and i'm not saying that non-league grounds aren't good grounds but you want yeah. them with the kind of infrastructure like you say so that you can grow the game so that then you can move on to the bigger stadiums and and fill those um we've got another joinee Oh, Rob, you had a question. Um, sorry, let me just introduce Andrew Bat is here. Hi, Andrew. Um, Rob had a question for Alicia. So we'll just do that and then we'll come to you, Andrew. No worries. Uh, I think it might be my last question from me because my Ooh. battery's about to die. But, um, <laughs> yeah. good one. Um, have you seen much of an uptick um, in the attendances and support around the women's game following the Euros in the summer? 
Yeah, I think we had like record season ticket sales. I think we we actually did the best out of most championship clubs. Um, but again, I think that's what I was saying with before that Saints have a really good following already. Um, but yeah, we've we've had re we've had really good attendances. Um, I think we've beaten some WSL sides in terms of attendances. So Saints are in a really good place, and as a club, just constantly push it. Um, and I think, yeah, it's it's in a good place and it's only it's only going up. So and I think we because we were lucky enough to host um, Euros games, that's going to be people in in Southampton that might not have gone to a game before have gone to an England game or a Northern Ireland game and have then realised, oh, actually, yeah, there's women's football in in Southampton and have, have turned up to, to some of the women's games. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, there's definitely been kind of more maybe more uptake um but I think that's a lot of clubs like I've sat through a lot of meetings with with WSL championship clubs about how you kind of how you use that hype and turn it into to ticket sales and use it in terms of marketing so I think a lot of clubs were very aware that they needed to make the most of it and I think Saints and a lot of clubs to be fair have done really well at doing that I think attendance is a a massively up like I think I saw I saw something about social media followings as well of women's teams has also gone sky high. So yeah, I think we've we've done all right at, at kind of transferring fans from the Euros to to women's football more generally. Excellent to hear. Thanks, Alicia. Are you are you done, Rob? Is that you? I think that might be me. All right, mate. Sorry, well, Andrew. It's nothing you said. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> enjoy Cheers, enjoy mate. Brisbane, Rob, and um, and we'll see you soon. We'll do. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye. Lish, how long have I how long how much longer have I got you for? This is my lunch hour, so Oh fine. <laughs> you should probably get something to eat uh, in a minute. We'll we'll just um we'll just do a little bit of woken and Embrook with Andrew, I I guess, um if that's all right. And then we'll we'll wrap it up and uh, and we can all go and have something to eat. Andrew, how are you, mate? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. I feel like I'm doing a radio show now. This is good. I've <laughs> got an idea that I might do this a bit more regularly. I quite like this. Quite good. Um, how so? So uh, obviously, it's um, it's it's possibly not been a season that's gone quite the way that maybe Wokenham had hoped. Not necessarily kicked on from last year, would you say? Um, I think. If you look I, I say this. I haven't looked at the league table lately, so I, I also don't know. <laughs> don't, don't bother. Um, I think the league <laughs> table is is a little bit of a false position. Yeah. Um, Matt, our new managers, come in. We've had a lot of new players and they're starting to gel. The, the team spirit and the confidence is really, really high. And um, we're in the fortunate or possibly unfortunate position. We've played six or seven games more than most of the other teams. So we've got nothing now until the second week in January. Gives um, gives the other teams a little bit of time to catch up uh, with us, and um, we'll see where we are. We'll see where we are then. But I'm, I think most Wokingham Limbrook fans are, are pretty optimistic. Um, the performances haven't really been reflected in the results, um, but they're picking up, and um, we're getting there. Lish, with with sort of with Southampton Aztecs, is that something you can say, or is it just is it just not going very well at all? Um, I think we we've we've got better. Um, <laughs> we had we had we had quite a, st a tough start to the season in terms of we had two of the best teams. Um, and I mean, arguably, our last loss was a three 0 loss, two freak goals. Um, we could have scored three or four. So, 
yeah, performances are getting better. I don't know. Futsal's quite. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think it's it's futsal's harder in terms of maybe football. Andrew, you can correct me here, but you you'll get a, a starting eleven like you say that gel really well, um, and then that stays like that for seventy minutes. Whereas in futsal, you're constantly changing players, so mm. tactically decisions can mm. can really impact you. And I think that's maybe what we we struggled with as a team. But um, okay. Yeah. Hopefully, we're always hoping we're on the up. <laughs> I would have hope, hopefully. Um, Andrew, obviously, uh, Wokenham have, uh, well, you know, we, we sort of discussed it. Uh, th- there's been a few changes, though, and th- for a long time, it, you could you could pretty much bet what a Wokingham and Embrook squad at the start of the season would look like and probably what a starting 11 would look like. Is that, have those changes, is that something that, that had been felt needed to happen or, or is it a shame? It's a shame because some of the people that left had been with the club for quite a few seasons. Um, they left shortly after the previous manager, Elliot, left. Um, didn't follow him because he didn't go anywhere else as a manager. Um, but as I said, Matt, who's come in, he's used his contacts, particularly from Surrey area. And we've, I think now we've got a settled squad. I mean, going back a couple of months, yeah, you didn't know who was going to be playing, what new faces we're going to have. But we've got to the stage now where we've got a reasonably settled side and they're starting to get following amongst the fans, um, which is good. I'll just pick up one thing that Alicia said. Um, As you know, I go around lots and lots of places taking photos and certainly with regard to women's football, um, I've noticed an uptick at, at kind of like Woodley United, at S4K, some of the teams that I've been um, photographing. They've, they've got now a, a fairly regular uh, bunch of supporters and um, it's um, it's really, really encouraging. That, that's that's really interesting to hear because, mm. and I don't mean this in a, in, a, in any way disrespectfully, but those are park pitches they're playing on. Yep. They're not they're not playing in grounds. So the fact that right. people are turning up for their for their games, yeah. and, and and actually may, maybe this goes into something I wrote yesterday about just making sure your fixtures and results page is up to date yes. on your web, and having a website that so that <laughs> that makes a that makes a huge difference in people well, knowing yeah. where and when the games are. Twi- Twitter. I would say is probably the most used source of what's going on. Um, certainly for me, when I'm over the last couple of weeks, when I've been trying to find a match to go to, um, kind of like following the likes of, let's say, Finch Hampstead or, or Chelsea, which they they it was postponed a couple of times. Um, just kind of like knowing what's happening, but um, going forward, I think yeah, if if clubs want to attract more people they need to interact with social media um, as much as they can because, as you know, I mean, there are, there are countless groundhoppers that will mm. want to tick off the ground, even if it's just once, but get them there once and they'll come again. I think that's maybe why, I mean, Abby would be best um, best place to answer this, but Ascot versus Windsor last week was free entry and they got, I think, a, a crowd of over 300, which... Um, it was one of the only matches on last Saturday and um, I think they did really well outside. I mean, it was really good. They had had about three, sorry kids, three Santa Clauses wandering around. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
obviously one real and a couple of fake. Um, but they had like a um, uh, craft market in the sports bar and it was a really good atmosphere. Um, and I'm sure that they've got people that went there that um, will go again, um, which was really, really nice. Um, but for, yeah, um, for, for interacting with supporters and potential supporters, I think Twitter and other forms of social media are, are invaluable. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in in your in your role list, you you find that I, I presume you kind of you you you're kind of across a, a website and and social media and stuff. And um, like I, I I think it's incredibly important now that clubs go back and look at their websites and and get them up to speed because obviously, and I don't I don't think necessarily Twitter's going to stop working, but mm. the the yeah. danger it's just I think it's a little wake up call at the moment that actually your website is important the the search the the search traffic people looking for your yeah. for your results is is incredibly important. And you... Yeah, I mean obviously the other the other source of fixtures is the very good fixtures tab on football <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, but no, I mean I've used that. I mean that's really really good. Um, and as you know, I message you now and again to tell yes. you that uh, things have changed. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, um, if you're if you're searching for a club on social media, then yeah, you're gonna um, you're gonna end up at a website. So we're fortunate at Wokingham and Embrook that we've got a team, well, three or four volunteers that that contribute to it, and we update it with news two, three, four times a week, which is really really good. I know not every club has that luxury um especially at, at, at step five step six but it's important and it will pay off mm. the investment in someone's time will pay off it might be difficult to measure but it will yeah it's a, it's certainly a, it's certainly a long-term thing and um mm. i i suppose in in terms of in terms of importance then to, to both of you what what is what is the most important? Is it is it a website? Is it social media? Is it just kind of is it what? So I suppose in in your roles, what is the most important part of it that you in and in terms of what people see? What is it that, that that you think? If you had to drop everything and focus on one thing, what what would it be? Lish, we'll start with you. Um, I think I think that like a website is the most kind of. Um, What's the word? You can you can give the most variety on a website. Um, like in terms of like everything we do, other than like Instagram. Um, although yeah, to some extent Instagram leads back to the website. So like obviously I look after like all of the features. So like editorial side, um, like feature videos. Like realistically, they they all sit on the website as well. They sit across social media. Um, it might not be where people kind of ingest that content. Um, but it's all there on the website. So if you got rid of like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, well, I don't really use TikTok, but um, like everything, everything can sit in a website. Um, so I think, I don't know, it's a bit old school, but yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say website for me. <laughs> Andrew, what about you? I'm not disregarding the importance of websites, but I think 90% of the teams that I cover don't have a website. Um, we're talking like, as Tom will know, Bracknell Sunday League. I mean, they're only the club's only interaction um, with other people is through Twitter or other forms of social media. Um, I think, yeah, once you get to a higher level and 
by hire, I'm, I'm only talking like uh, combined counties, then, yeah, the website is going to be the first port of call for any um, potential visitors. And, and it's the thing that you can, as Alicia said, the thing that you can um, uh, create the brand image and you can convey so much information. I mean, and it will take people to um, uh, like contact pages. I mean, I often go to a club if I don't know where they play. Um, I'll go see where their postcode is and take it from there. Um, not always something that's immediately uh, visible on Twitter or other social media. But um, yeah, so don't. Um, I'm not saying we're underestimating the importance of Twitter and the like, but um, I think for people probably outside the locality of where the team's based, it's it's important. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Lish. Um, Steve Ginman is here. I was going to wrap up, but Steve has, Steve has arrived. Um, if either of you need to go, um, do do feel free. Um, Lish, you've, you've done a, a, a fine 45 minutes there if you want to go and grab some. Yeah, content. I might have to. Um, I've, got, I've got some website content to do. Uh, so. <laughs> goodness me. Uh, lovely to speak to you all. And um, you yeah, if you ever need more info on Pixel. Yeah, I'll please. Let's, let's not leave it too long next time. Um, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, we'll speak soon, Lish. Thank you, mate. Thank you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. I'll stay. Hey Andrew and um, Steve Ginman, hello. Um, we'll let, we'll we'll hello. keep this brief because we'll we'll um, I, I don't want to keep you keep you for too long and 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 we've we've managed to eke this out to forty nine minutes and twenty one seconds so far. So we've had a, we've had a good range of people on. Um, Steve, Maidenhead United. Um, I want to say super fan, but you know, just historian. Is that fair? What, what would you say? Um, yeah, I suppose uh, supporter. Uh, uh, Defender of the faith, that might be a better <laughs> given, given my varied roles around the yes. club, that's probably all encompassing. Uh, ah, um, no, oh, Alexon, it's um, I, I, I would say from outside looking in, Maiden Edge United are having an excellent season. Well, I would say it is possibly uh, the first season in the National League aside, but obviously we had all the uh, momentum of mm. the championship before that. This is looking like it could well be our best season in the National League. Um, dare I say it, you know, not even a hint of a relegation battle. Which, yeah. yeah which, I mean, it, 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 yeah. that that division is, 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 as it always is, is very close from top to bottom, isn't it? You're, you're mm. just as close. If you're in the middle, you're as close to the playoffs as you are to, to, to going down, really. Um, so, so, so actually, you're, you're kind of, you're full of hope. What, um, so what's been, what's been the difference here this year? Well, it's been the, well, since, um, December last year, actually, so a year now of a different strategy from the management focusing on defence. I mean, it was required because we were released we goals left, right and centre last autumn, but started with the, the signing of uh, goalie uh, Dan Goli, the Hungarian goalkeeper from Peterborough, on loan initially, but then made permanent. Um, Will de Havilland was then signed on a contract for the following season, the, 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 probably our standout defender, having signed the previous time, and then all the way through the summer, all the key signings were, um, were defensive, so um, we signed the uh, Temi from Brack. Brack, no not featured so much, but he's one for the future. Zico from um, um, Oxford City, again, having a really good season in the National League. And then we've got Pekwa, the uh, he can play centre back, left back. So, all across the defence, uh, we've, we're really solid now. And oh, oh, we've got our, our reserve goalkeeper as well, Alexis. Again, when, he, when he's been called upon, he's been brilliant too. So, really. 
it's kind of we're starting it's that old cliche that don house phrase you know we're starting with a point so yeah. okay we might win we're not as free scoring up front we're pretty much we're deep into every game um apart from probably the open day of the season three nil at uh, Notts county every week we've either been a win a point or a very close to snatching one and so do, do you think um Obviously, Alan Alan Devonshire has been in charge for a long time. We are still waiting to do part two of the Devonshire years, but I, I think we I think we need to I think we need to wait till it's post Devonshire. Do you, do do you think he is he the glue that, that keeps it all together? Would basically if if it got to the point where where Alan decides to to call it a day, is that a massive concern, or is it, or do you feel like the club is in a sort of oh, stable position now? I mean, he's like I suppose you know he's he's the club's Ferguson Wenger. Take your mm. pick of, of great managers um, and transition in any walk of life, let alone football. Well, uh, politics this year, of course, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Identifying that person who's not only, it's, it's easy to find someone who's got the right skills, that sort of thing, but are they right for the club? And I think that's the real, really important thing because Alan Devonshire is clearly and maybe United are a perfect fit. Um, and that's with. Uh, that, and that takes into account his relationship with the chairman, Peter Griffin, but obviously the previous chairman, uh, Roger Coombs, who he worked with before. It's always just that right. And it's created this culture of, of success. So whoever and whenever that may happen, you know, it's it's, it's a really, really difficult decision. Yeah. That's uh, that's really positive. Um, it, it's uh, I, th- I think it, it's been a long time since Wokingham and Embrook or Wokingham Town, as they were in Maidenhead, mm-hmm. have been have been in in similar divisions. And, and Steve, I suppose you may well remember a few of those clashes. I presume I, I'm saying this. I presume they've been in the same division. No, you're right. I mean, I can remember Wokingham getting relegated from the Premier Division, and that was a big match <laughs> when when they came down and we played. We had maybe we had over 200 people at York Road because obviously there was a substantial away following. <laughs> um, Steve Darlington, I think, was the striker, yes. and yep. then obviously um, away matches as well for two or three seasons. And in fact, is that I think one fact: the last time I attended a Barks and Bucks Senior Cup replay was at Wokingham at uh, Finchampstead Road, and, and I, I replays shortly ended shortly after that. I think that's that's a kind of a marker in my mind of that, like, sort of that sort of era. I can remember winning. I think we won um, Bucks and Bucks Cup at York Road. Um, probably early to mid eighties. Um, could have been against. Sorry, Tom Bracknell. Um, <laughs> um, Believe it or not, that would have been the last time they've held the final at York Road. Oh wow! Yeah, in, in, oh, in, in, in the uh, early to mid eighties, wasn't it? Probably 83, 84, 85. I was going to say eighty three, eighty four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a, a wondrous strike from Richard Evans. I think um i mean it's a long time ago now but i can i can remember that yeah ah well it's uh, it sounds like we're we're ending we're ending um the year on a, on a very positive note um mm. andrew you obviously um high hopes for wokingham next season do you, where where do you give it give me a little little hint little prediction of where you think you might end up mid table <laughs> i think i mean we're we're like three or four well, two or three or four on the, off the bottom at the moment. But as I said before, it's I think it's a false position. I think we're going to pick up points. Um, our recent form has been pretty good. Um, and I think that's going to carry on into the new year. Um, I'm sure, well, I know that um, the team have been 
training hard and they will continue until our next match, which I think is against Hollyport. That will be an important one. Um, but no, I, I think mid-table will be good for this year and then we've got something to build on for next season. Excellent. And Steve, what about what about you and Maidenhead? Well, our best finish in this division is 12. So matching or even beating that would be absolutely fantastic. I mean, I'm obviously careful how things come back to bite you. Uh, before the match at uh, Maidstone about a month ago, we were talking about how well if we win today, you know, we'll be the playoffs the seventh because there and Maidstone hadn't won since August, I think, or something like something like that. And they were comfortable four two winners. Uh, oh, sorry, three two winners that day. So yeah, so tempered optimism, I think. But eleventh or twelfth would be amazing. Fantastic. Well, I, I'm I'm just going to wrap this up there, unless uh, unless anybody's got anything else they want to add. Nope. Okay. Well, uh, just to say thank you to the guests on today's podcast, which was a which was an odd thing, and I think we might do it again. Actually, um, we had Alicia Povey, um, who was on for the majority of it. Rob Davis called in from Australia, from Brisbane, which was lovely to speak to him. It's been a, right. been a few weeks. Um, Dan Walkley from Tadley Cleaver popped in to say hello. We've got Andrew Batt still here with us from Woking and Embrook, and Steve Ginman from Maidenhead United. So. We'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, go and have a look at the website, subscribe to this podcast uh, and all of those sorts of things. Um, we'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Have a good Christmas. See you, Tom. See you, Andrew. See you. Take care. This episode of Archer Football Stories was hosted by Tom Canning and featured Alicia Povey, Dan McLean, Rob Davis, Andrew Batt and Steve Jim. It was produced by Tom Canning. Our theme music is called Space Camp and is from the album Everyday Adventures by Reading ukulele band Rocket Kings. You can find it on Spotify and all good music outlets. Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook and www.footballinberkshire.com. <laughs>